Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MBH podcast, the My Brown House podcast. With me is the spooky, the mysterious, the eerie Miley Brown. Ooh, very bewitching. Yeah. Spooky it's season. We're close to Halloween, so we got to do it. <laughs> I like it. And I am your co-host, Chris Brown, by the way. We're back on our regularly scheduled programming to talk about the MBH interior design program. We want to give you a big thank you for listening and ask that you rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Pandora, and Stitcher. We're going to try to shake up the, the content as we go along, but if you have anything you would like us to talk about, anything that's floating your boat currently, reach out and we'll, we'll discuss it. Slide into them DMs. Slide right in. Anyways, with that, Let's get it going. Okay. So in previous podcasts, mm-hmm. we have discussed your MBH interior design program. So we've yes. talked about step one, honor the architecture. That means knowing the style of your home, the, the exterior, right. so that the interior can match the, the exterior. Get that flow going. The second one is find your style profile, and that's your unique blend of styles so that you can have something that's your own. Arguably the most important. Arguably the most important. Step three, figure out your functionality. So that's figuring out what vibe you want in your rooms, what you you want out of those rooms, right? Mm -hmm. Step four is analyze your inventory, which means look at what you have, look at what you need, and fit that within your style profile yep. and your functionality. And so the step five, we're going to go through step five, six, and seven today. Big is, agenda. Big agenda is look for inspiration. So would you briefly explain what you mean by that? This step is almost when you're approaching a new room. When you get into your house or you start your design journey, you should start at step one, right? Honoring your architecture, but you're not going to do that over and over. Like once you figure out what style of house you have, you know. Same thing with style profile. Once you create like your three word mix style profile, then you have that. So then you start room to room and you're going to have to analyze the functionality of that room, analyze the inventory of that room. And you're also going to want to find inspiration before you start buying things and decorating. So really, what do you want? that room to look like, uh, whether that's a picture that you like, a friend's house you want it to be like, you find one piece you love and you want to style it around that, but what's going to inspire the design um, or the path that that room is going to be on. So we want to start out with you, right? What is your process for looking for inspiration? My personal process for implementation implementation my work brain just turned on sorry guys my inspiration design brain is back on so for inspiration typically inspiration takes me by surprise um i look at a lot of sources i look at instagram i look at tiktok i watch design shows um and i i search for a lot of furniture when i'm looking for stuff for myself and clients and wallpapers and colors Typically, I will just find something. This could be like a pin. This could be a couch. 
this could be. Like, in this case, we're in the office. I saw a picture of this wallpaper and said, I shall have this wallpaper. Full body, yes. I shall have this wallpaper. I have to have this wallpaper. And I designed the entire room around this wallpaper because I was so inspired by it. It just spoke to me. We made a connection, and now we're here. Uh, but but it could be anything, honestly. So when you when you get that first, like, okay, this is my inspiration, do you feel it typically roll? Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, my mind's opened for this room. Like, once I get that first piece, then the other pieces are easy? Or do you think, is it is it kind of a fight the whole way through where you're like, okay, I got the wallpaper. Now what do I want to put in? For me, like, you know, I make just iteration after iteration after iteration of mood board. Like, I will make a mood board of the same room a hundred times. I'll make it two times. It just depends, like, till I feel like it's right. I know that it's right when it just flows. If I'm fighting it and I can't find pieces and I can't find it and I can keep fiddling with it, keep fiddling with it, it's not the right idea for me. However, that's how ideas come to me about everything. I will just wait and wait and wait until the right idea comes and once I have it I it should just flow really easy that might be different per person but for me once I find the right inspiration or the thing I feel the best about it's normally um, very fluid and one of the things I like about the um, MBH interior design program is we we went over the prior steps right and that's I, I look at that as sort of setting your foundation for the rest of your designs right so yeah. once you have your style profile fit up like that's not going to change. Designed out. There, yeah. You're going to be inspired within that, typically. Now, it, it seems like there, it, there's a little fluidity there, right? So you may get to this point to look for inspiration, and you may find something that will fit within your architecture that may change the rest of your vibe, maybe, if you, especially if you haven't really designed anything yet. I think once you start to establish rooms, you kind of are stuck there, mm-hmm. right? I think we, we you, you get a room designed and it's like, okay, well, I can't really deviate a ton from that room. Otherwise, the house is going to look all themey and stuff. Right, right. So it, it feels like you're setting the foundation and then this is the point, kind of the turning point, where you go from, okay, in like a macro sense, what am I going to do now to, okay, in a very micro, like, yeah, I'm going to design action. this room. This is where we're buying the vases, we're buying the flowers, we're buying the picture frames, all the details. We're buying the curtains. We're always buying the curtains. P.S. Listen to our other podcast episodes. Chris loves to bring this up because he was right and I was wrong and that's the only time it's ever happened. No, I wasn't. I was just saying in general, you typically in his life, buy curtains as part of the Typically process. I do buy curtains. I was inspired by someone I know to buy curtains. Yeah, like I, I've loved curtains forever. <laughs> and so it's just really nice. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I've loved curtains forever. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I like this because it's a turning point and then to get into it. But do you ever find yourself, and I guess like we talked about, it it may have to happen early before you've really gone deep into a lot of your design throughout your home or your apartment, whatever. Do you ever find yourself at this point changing? Changing what? My style profile? Yeah, going back and deciding I like a different vibe. Not anymore. Um, just because I, I think this is our third house that we've, we've done this too. We don't necessarily flip houses, but we've, we've always moved into a house and made a lot of personalization. Miley has, has mandated many changes to the homes that we've lived in. Mandated many changes. 
Um, but I've got to practice a lot. So I definitely feel like now I feel really confident in my lane in what I like. However, I think there's a lot of people out there who have maybe never done this before. And I was in the same boat where I did something that maybe I thought I liked that um, lots of other people liked or is popular at the time. Maybe it's trendy. And you find that you're really gravitated towards pieces that are contradictory to what you maybe think your profile is. And if that's the case, you may need to reevaluate. You may actually be drawn to a certain style that you didn't consider before because maybe it's not like something that you readily see or you have access to or is maybe not the most popular right now. One of the things I'm kind of drawing from this is you do, you will have to, every, every time you pick a piece, you need to make sure that it's fitting in your style profile. Because I think maybe with someone like you, you're easily able to have in your mind, in the back of your mind, like this is the vibe I'm going for, but maybe someone that's a little less trained may find like, an armoire they love, and even though they've decided this is the look I'm going for, that could differ completely from what they had desi- decided in previous steps. So I think maybe that's something that you can complete. You can sort of use this process as like go back, make sure this fits in your style profile. If it doesn't, that's where you make the evaluation. Do I want a different style profile? Does it fit? Does it work? Is that like you said? Is this where I need to go? Is that, the, yeah. is that I mean, the direction I need to go? If you find that, like, you love things that are a certain color or you love things that are a certain texture that maybe don't fit with, like, this classic, minimalistic, neutral-colored beige design that's really in right now, which is beautiful, but maybe you just are obsessed with maroon, have maroon. Like, you're drawn to things for a reason, and that's why it's personal. We don't want to replicate or copy um, the other thing is you've heard me talk about this before, but I don't think I've talked about it yet on the podcast As I think a lot of times picking pieces for your house is similar to picking outfits. Um, we have lots of different pieces that we like when we make an outfit, we don't put on all of the random things we like all at one time. We pick things that flow together. They're all things we like, but we know that these shoes go with these pants and these pants go with this variety of shirts and this shirt goes with this. And you create this outfit, you right? You add the base layers and then you start to add the accessories. Well, a room is like that. You don't want to go into home goods and just start filling your cart with things that are like, ooh, that's shiny. Ooh, that's cute. Because then you're just going to end up with a mess of items. It's fun when a piece strikes inspiration every once in a while. You find a way to integrate it in. But mostly you want to go into it. Does this fit in my vision? Does this fit in my inspiration and if it doesn't does that piece inspire you enough to be the inspiration i'm I'm gonna push back a little bit (laughs) because i think my wardrobe like i could put any piece together well you don't buy your wardrobe i do and i made it that way i do (laughs) like i could put you get like a jean hoodie and a shirt and then you're boom you're good and i could do that with like just about any of the pieces so maybe like a good <laughs> maybe it would be like a very timeless style that you could just fit anything that would be like my wardrobe so uh, are you saying you have a very timeless sense of fashion yeah i do i wish people could see what you were wearing <laughs> tonight don't judge me we're not comfy it's it scary it's spooky it's spooky spooky outfit I have, season i need to be in i need to be in, i need to be in an outfit that i can run away from a, like a 
a Dementor, a ghost. Perfect. Whatever, a serial killer or something. Yes, I'm Moving on, don't take fashion advice from Chris, and do take design advice from Miley. Speaking of design advice, how much should people lean on designers? Depends. For what? What do you think? Like, Like inspiration still? Inspiration. I think you should use designers for inspiration. I think that's what they are for. And the, the fun thing about designers, they have a budget the rest of us do not have. They have sponsors that the rest of us do not have. They're going to be able to and should be able to open your eyes to styles um, or choices that you really like that maybe you didn't know that you did. So I think that we should, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of designers out there. Find the ones that you really vibe with and you can replicate some of the design choices they're doing. That does not mean you have to copy and buy all of the same blankets and put them in the same order with the same pillows and everything. But you may find they use a lot of florals. You may find they use a lot of wall details. You may find that they layer their rugs, different things like that, that you're drawn to that can really uh, take you outside of the box from the normal things you're doing. Level it up, you know? Yes. So I think that's a good segue into the next step. Step number six, which is confirm your vision. So would you describe what that means? Yes, I think, well, I think before before we move on, if I can backtrack for just a sec, there is one thing about looking for inspiration that I do want to help the people with. And I know we'll want to do probably way more episodes on this further. But if you have a room and you don't know where to find inspiration and you feel really stuck, just go on Google, go on Pinterest, type in one of your style profile words, type in one piece of inventory you have, and the name of that room. That is the fail-safe formula to start with. I mean, we could go on forever about more and more details, but let me give you an example. Like the room we are sitting in now is our office. I had a beautiful black desk in our office before that I did not want to get rid of. And my house is very traditional. So if I do a style profile word, my inventory piece, and the name of the room, I would search traditional black desk office and see what you find. If you have no inventory, obviously shoot your shot. But most of us come into it with like, I'm not going to buy a new couch. This couch that I have is going to still exist. Um, So if you don't know where to start, start there. Sweet. Cool. Now answer my other question. Okay. Remind (laughs) me of your other question. No, that was, that's actually really good to know. Um, I think, you know, in a functional sense, it's good to know the how, like, how do I even do this? Right. People want a pretty house um, and they want it to fit their personality. But I just don't think that they always know how to get there. I feel like getting to that end goal seems really daunting if you don't know how to take the next step. Yeah. And you need to have a plan beforehand. That's why we talk about mood boards. That's why we talk about your vision and everything. Because it's much easier to take action and a lot less scary if you know where you're headed and you know what you need. And it's less expensive that way as well. Gotcha. So the the prior question was if you could describe... Step six of your program, which is confirm your vision and what you mean by that. 
Yeah, I would say that's two part for me. Part one is looking back at your foundation. You've picked something, maybe you found a photo on Pinterest that you just can't get out of your mind, you absolutely love it. Just do a quick circle back and make sure the picture fits your style profile, it honors the architecture of your house, that the space is functional, right? You're not looking at this classically designed couch that no one's allowed to sit on if you have six kids. Like make sure it fits the functionality and fits your foundation. The second part I would say about confirming your vision is just to sit with it for a second. Like I said with the vision boards or the mood boards, if something is off, I will tweak it over and over and over and over again. And in my mind, I won't confirm it or like, in other words, start purchasing or walking towards that room until I can sit with it for a second and still feel confident about it days later. You don't want to just make your mood board and then just start serially ordering things off of Amazon before you know you feel good about it. I think this is a a step that will be natural for some people and very unnatural for others. It's so, been a learned step for me, honestly. It's, well, I think I think of like a perspective like me, right? I think in in our marriage, I'm I'm a fire starter. So if I get excited about something or an idea, no matter how big it is, I'll pull the trigger if I think it's a good idea. We we built out a camper van. <laughs> this like is like scratch. the best story. Yeah, from scratch. My lady always wanted one. Like one that, you know, those one it's like a spring like a van, that, van yeah, yeah, that you can you have a sink, fridge, the whole thing, bed. And my lady always wanted one and we had some extra cash. Um, and we had an entire business plan. We had the like whole thing written planned, out. And I was feeling really good and Miley just wouldn't pull the trigger. It was a big life purchase. And I was so very stressed. I basically, I drove 45 minutes north to buy a van, and I was in the parking lot with the guy. He literally just came home. I was like, hey, why? I bought a van. With a van. <laughs> just, I showed up, and there was a van. But we, but we need that. We yeah, need that. you do need that. But I think I also need to be pulled back at times. That's why you need and, me. And I think there are people like me. And no, I say it, though. Do you need me? I need you, yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> Uh, but there are people that need this step where it's more of just like a yo-yo-yo. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's make sure everything vibes. You're really excited about this thing. Maybe sleep on it. Make sure it looks – because I think one of the biggest things you can do is sleep on something. Sleep on an idea, even a couple sleeps. Yes. And you want to feel, feel good about it. You can yes. feel differently in the morning. If, you, if you've been up late looking up things for your design – you want to sleep on it and then wake up and hopefully, if it's a really good idea, it'll feel the same way in the morning. I have if done not, that. I I did that with Facebook. Facebook Marketplace, I would say 95% of the time, I just slay the game. 5% of the time, I bomb. And one late night, I thought I had found the find of all finds. This is the vintage table. The vintage table, which is a code word for an old piece of... Crap. It was cool. It was like a hundred years old. It had. It was just not. It was just horrible. Normally I hit it so big, but I didn't wait and I got caught up in the deal and I rolled the dice and you know what, y'all? I had to sell it. Had to resell it. Lost a little money on it. So I mean, it happens, but designing your house is so much about patience. Like we see people buy these houses and then they like just flip them in like a couple of months. That's not normal. Like, the rest of these people are living in these houses. Like, we live in our house. We've been in our new house, new-to-us house for six months. And we just have to live through 
the craziness all the time. Like so many rooms are unfinished. So much stuff is happening all the time. So it takes a lot of patience and you don't want to do it wrong. Like we don't have the luxury of wallpapering an entire room and spending all that money and then hating it. So I know it sucks to live in the chaos, but what sucks more is putting all your time, energy, and effort into something and then hating it. Well, and even if you're following the podcast, we focus on it a lot, and we're putting a lot of our time, effort, and money into it, too. So, I mean, we don't go nearly as fast as some of the, you know, the typical designers you'd see. Right. But we probably go way faster than you would. Or a typical person would, and that's because we bought this house with that in mind and a budget. In we mind. we like doing the my brown house, and it's a focus for us. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way for anyone else. If it takes five years to complete your designs, to complete everything, like that's totally. Fine. If it takes ten years. It takes How long 20. did your parents live in their house before they redid it? A while. I don't know. You have to. Ask. I mean, I'm talking probably at least twelve years. I would say. Yeah. Before I, they redid it, I, I think it's more typical to. I think work within your budget. Don't blow your budget just so that you can have a pretty house. That's stay never your worth bu- it. Yeah, no. it's never worth it. Just stay in your budget. Let it be. You have to just enjoy the journey, and that's something we, we really try to do. I am, I think, better at it than Miley sometimes. It How far have I come, though? Pretty far. Like an unbelievable amount. Yeah. Yeah. Very far. Very far. Yeah. It's, it, it's something that you just have to enjoy the journey. And it's okay if it takes a while. It's just better to do it right and confirm that your vision, like we're saying, but like wait until you can get what you want. It is always worth it. Like don't cut your vision short. Don't shy away from your vision. Just wait until you have the money and wait until you have the time. Live with the chaos a little longer and do it the way you want to do it. So with confirming your vision, is it worthwhile to talk to somebody else about it to see if they, I, I think there is probably a double-edged sword there where someone could give you good advice and then someone, you may have a great idea and they may deter you from it because it's not their style. I don't know what you think about that. I think it depends on the person. Typically I think asking for advice is great because people will give you an opinion and sometimes when you hear someone else's opinion, you almost know your opinion more. So even if they say, I don't like it, you may have an inside feeling that's like, well, too bad, I like it. Or they may confirm a doubt or a fear that you already had. So I think a sounding board is always good. My only caveat to that is choose a good sounding board, (laughs) right? Well, it probably comes back to knowing yourself, too. Because I think some people probably have the confidence to just be like, can take that criticism and be like, oh, that's just them. Yeah. Like, this criticism is justified. This is just their preference. And there's some people you just don't ask. No, there's some people that are just... Yeah, bad taste. You find someone whose opinion you care about and you know is going to be constructive and talk with you about the way you want it to look and confirm that. So so choose choose wisely. Choose me. I'll be your design friend. Yeah, why don't you – if you have a design, send it on to Miley. DM it over and as she gets time, she'll, uh, she'll comment back to you about it. Totally. So that's great. Um and and we talked about this before, but there there are and I I guess I kind of, like in the prior stuff I kind of skipped it. This is where you would go back. So you find your inspiration, and then as you're putting everything everything together, that's when, as you check, you would go back and modify, like you said. So, um, kind of jump the gun there. But how often do you personally find yourself going back and changing designs? 
constantly. Yeah. I do it all the time. Like, I'm telling you, I will change it and change it and change it and change it. And when I stop changing it is when I know I have it right. Yeah, I think some people, everyone's going to be different. We talked to Nicole last week, and she seems more fluid with it. Um, it's more like she's going to go to Crate and Barrel. Is that one of the ones? Yeah, yeah good job. Crate and Barrel or whatever. And, and get inspiration there, and she's going to be more fluid. You're more rigid as far as, like, you have to make sure everything's in there. And I think that kind of falls into style profiles, too. Like, and personality. Yeah. I'm not patient. So when I do a room, I will wait until I have budget for the entire room so I can do it. Because I once I start it, I, I want to be able to progress. Um, so I think that's just a personal personality. Yeah, I guess the point is... Just know yourself. Like, if you're fine buying the couch and then having nothing else be there for a while because you don't have the budget, or if you have to paint, you paint it and it, none of your furniture matches until you can afford the furniture, go ahead and do it. If it's going to drive you nuts, wait. Yeah. You know? That's Save that's really going to be more process, like personal process than anything. And we'll talk about budgeting and stuff. Oh, yeah. We'll do a, a sub- whole in a subsequent episode. Whole podcast on that. Um, but yeah, just know yourself. This this is a very this will be a self. It'll be a, an enlightening process for you to gain self enlightenment. Jeez. I think it is great though to be able to know yourself well enough to visually design a space for you. Like we go in all these places that are visually appealing, and we're obviously more drawn to some places than others. But your house should be the place that is literally made for you, designed to you. And your preferences. And that's amazing. That's so cool. And so, this will be a good um, segue into everyone's favorite segment. Uh, marry, uh, and kill. Right? Because we're, right. not, we're not saying the middle here. We're not doing it. I've been poked and prodded by certain people, but I'm not going to do How it. How many people? One. One person. <laughs> Continue on. So I, I did come up with a replacement, mm-hmm. like I always do. I haven't, I, I, none of them have really sticked. So I've got one I'd like you to uh, give me feedback on Perfect. to see if it's something that we're going to continue with. Okay. Um, and this is sort of bringing out uh, your Italian roots, mm. right? You mm-hmm. pass those on to my son. Very appreciative of them. So <laughs> Mary, kill, just for listeners, Mary... Blank, kill, it's the game where you marry one thing, you kill one thing, whatever. You have a good time with the other yeah. thing. So I'm, I'm trying to come up with a replacement for that. So the, the replacement term is bringing, bringing an al dente noodle to the spaghetti house. Eh, hey, al dente. Okay. I don't actually really understand. Is there such thing as a spaghetti house? I don't know. I'll have to do some Italian Googling. I thought you would know right away, but okay. No. Okay, so here's the three. For Mary... Kill, bring an al dente noodle to the spaghetti house. Uh, Pinterest, we're, we're talking about, let's say, finding inspiration. Oh, no, not Pinterest. Pinterest, Instagram, and nature. Dang. This is rapid fire. You got it, you got it off the top of the head. Off the top of the dome as fast as I can. Yep. Mary Pinterest. F with nature and kill Instagram. Dang it. I thought you would kill Instagram. I thought you would kill nature. And then I'd, I'd sick a bunch of internet people on you. 
I can okay. never kill nature. And Pinterest is just too good to let go. I'm literally sitting in a room of tree wallpaper. But I will say my personal design is not super earthy. So I could I could see myself killing nature at some point. <laughs> All right. You heard it here. Miley won't, but she could kill nature. Um, awesome. So let's move on to the last segment of the podcast, which is step seven in the MBH interior design program. Create a mood board. Ooh. So I think most people are familiar with it, but would you just quickly describe what a mood board is for someone that may not know? Mood board's like a vision board. Like when we were all 12 and we would go to whatever school and your teacher would throw down a big pile of magazines and you cut out pictures you like and you pasted them all to the same piece of paper. Same exact idea. You find a bunch of different pieces you like, paint colors, furniture pieces, lights, accessories. You take screenshots of them and you create one collage with all the items on your room in it to make sure that it looks good. Scrapbooking, as it were. It is a little scrapbook-esque, for sure. So I as I do a lot of research for interior design um, content. As funny as it may be, I watch, I do. You, you look do. at me, I do. I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch just to make sure that we're um, trying to differentiate ourselves sufficiently. And I actually see a lot of designers suggesting to go with the mood board first. Why is that something that you think you should avoid? So I, a lot of design, and what I'm, what I'm saying is, okay, you look up like how to design a room. And then a lot of influencers a lot of designers will say look okay well take your mood board and do this so why why do you think that's something you shouldn't start with i thought that's too big of a jump we talked about this people do not know how to make their house the way that they want it feels like too big of a jump like you're standing across the grand canyon well just jumping straight into a mood board without first understanding understanding what your style is understanding what type of home you have what you want the room to be for i mean People think that those steps should be intuitive, but they're not. People aren't talking about those things. Someone who is making a mood board and is a professional designer is thinking about all of those things before they make the mood board. But they're just not telling you that. So I'm thinking maybe it's more just they're not looking at it, at it of a perspective of a normal person being like, I know they know exactly what they need. They know exactly what they want. So they're looking at it from like. They're not really thinking of it from a normal person's perspective. They're looking at it like right. a designer's perspective. And these are all things, as a designer, you would ask your client before you designed a room for them. So maybe your first step physically is to make a mood board, but you would have talked through these items beforehand regardless. So this is the first. And I don't actually think it's the first physical step because if you're looking for inspiration, you'll have looked That's up, true. Looked up all that stuff. You just don't know where to start. Um, you can't make a mood board if you have no idea what to do. And kind of what jumps into my head is it, it, there's probably no harm in it, but you may waste a lot of time if you start with a mood board, you know, but I guess you'll have done a couple of steps at least because you'll know certain things to put on the mood board, but you'll waste time because you may get there or you'll make a bad decision. You'll skip all that stuff before. I think what the problem you'll probably get into is you'll do the thing like you said, where you put a bunch of pieces together you like. Mm-hmm. Or you start to get see me. Yeah. My my boss who's I, I'm an accountant and I work with accountants who mm-hmm. are anti creative and uh she she's awesome. But she's self proclaimed like she has no eye for this at all. And I guess she lives in a modern house 
and she found a rustic armoire that she did. Or, uh, like a vintage, like, shabby whatever. piece. Like, in the front room, like, for everybody to see. In her, like, ultra-modern black and sleep. In her ultra-modern, <laughs> and her, her husband came home and was like, what? what? What is that? And she's like, oh, it's a great, it's, it's a great little thing, little centerpiece of the whole house. And he's like, that looks horrible. <laughs> and like, this okay. probably is a great piece. It is, but not for her but house. But not for her and house. And I think that's the pitfall you can run into, especially if this is not something you do all the time, right? Like, someone like you who's constantly looking at these things wouldn't make that mistake, but someone that isn't, like, that's not as intuitive, they're not as into it, that could be a pitfall where you buy something even expensive, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, crap, that looks horrible. Yeah. We've all done it. I've done it. So, that's how I learned that I'm trying to help you not do it. So the the bit the big thing is to be very uh, thoughtful about your process up to the mood board. I guess you're saying the, pit, the the mood board could be a pitfall. Doing the mood board first without thinking about your vision could be a pitfall. It's also going to be very difficult if you have no idea what your inspiration is and you have no idea what you're going to put in the room. Have you ever? I, and I could see this maybe happening. Have you ever found yourself using it or offering some or? you know, advising someone to use it as a vehicle for these prior steps. So saying like, okay, as you're finding inspiration, throwing it in there with, obviously you'll have to be conscious of like, I'm doing all these prior foundational steps before I make the mood board. But can you, do you see value in making it as like a vehicle to get that inspiration to, you know, find your vibe to do all those things? Um, I never have before, honestly, I always have people, at least in my process when I help other people design their rooms, is I have them send me their like their Pinterest board, like a, a bunch of things that inspire them so I can get an idea of what they like before I spend all that time curating a mood board. So typically, I would say definitely get your style profiles down and an idea of of things you want, a general idea. If you have a general idea, not a very specific inspiration but a general idea i think you can start with a mood board but i honestly would not start before then gotcha so you i think the vibe i'm getting and i think you've you've said it is just have a direction have a direction first um and like obviously if you do have an eye and you're looking at this all the time then it's totally fine but for a regular person like myself i would definitely need to do those steps first yeah if you're still pinning living rooms and like One's blue and one's white and the other one's got black paneling on the wall. Like, you need to figure out at least a direction of, like, okay, I want, like, a coastal white living room with my couch that I already have. You don't need to know all the details, but you need to know at least that much. So what are the some of the big specific benefits of, of mood boards? So you've done all those foundational steps. You get to the mood board. What are some, other than just seeing it all together, what are some some big benefits of doing a mood board. I mean, I think seeing it all together is the biggest benefit because now shopping is so much different. You don't just go into RC Willie and see a floor set that you like and buy the whole thing. Like you buy pieces from everywhere and you find the best price, the cheapest price, the most unique thing, things you already have. And to close your eyes and see all those things is really, really hard for some people. Um, so I think seeing it together is the biggest benefit, especially for the people who are like, I have no vision. I have no idea what this is going to look like. It can make you feel a lot confident, more confident about what you're about to do. 
and I, 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 I'm thinking of, this was a hard, when, when we'd go through houses. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about we this. We had this, we had an issue, and I, it wasn't really an issue, because I don't, I didn't care that much, I kind of trusted Miley to do whatever, but Miley, when we walk through houses, she doesn't like them staged. She, I don't like, not just no, I don't like them staged. Nothing in the house. I like them empty. Completely <laughs> empty. And I just did not get that, because yeah. I'm like... The, I, the realtor thought I was crazy. I, I said, why are so many of these houses furnished? And they're like, what? And I think I think most people are like me. Like Yes, I, they said I was weird. I can't visualize, and you've tried to do this with me before, and you'll be like, it's, what do you think will look better, you know? Yeah. And I'll be like, I have no idea. I have to see the pieces up on the wall. But the mood boards help you, don't they? The mood boards do. And the, the coolest one I saw, and I... The big benefit that you showed me was to make sure that your color palette vibes. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing is, and, and that's where you make mood boards and you need to plan ahead a little bit. I guess you don't necessarily have to. That's but, kind of confirming your vision though, is like before you pick a paint color, you know, check, make sure it looks good with the rest well, of Well, and that's where you can pay, compare multiple mood boards, right? So mm-hmm. in our house, we have the powder bath we've done. Which mm-hmm. is now completely done. We oh had my the gosh. plumber come in on Saturday. He did a great job, and now we Except have. Except now I'm considering adding crowd molding because I just can't let it and go. But as of today, it's it's totally done. So we have yeah. <laughs> so we have the bathroom, and now we have the office. And as you as you finish a room, you need to make sure that it doesn't have to be the same. Like you said, it doesn't need to be themy, but you want to make sure. That colors specifically are all a part of the same palette. I always say this, and it, this I don't even know if this makes sense to others, but I say they definitely do not want to be twins. Like, your rooms, not twins. Not even siblings, but they at least need to be cousins, okay? They at least and need not, to... Never mind, I was going to make a joke. Don't it's, make a weird it's joke. It's Halloween about deliverance, but I'm not going to do it. Don't so. do it. But they, they, your rooms need to have a sense of you. If they all have a sense of you and your style profiles, they will all flow, even though they are not the same. But what we do not want is to walk into different rooms that feel like multiple personalities. So are one of, what are some of the pitfalls or weaknesses of mood boards? That I, I Just inherently, they're going to be there. Something to think about as you're creating a mood board. That, like, after you get all that stuff in a room, you may not have thought about this. That a mood board doesn't tell you. A mood board is never going to be the end-all, be-all. You're always going to get everything into the room, and then you're going to live in it and realize you need something else. You're going to sit with a room for a while and be like, man, this wall looks so weird. I did not anticipate that it would need a piece of art, but it does. Or you're going to be in there for a long time, and you're going to think... You know, we need something to catch our shoes in this entryway, or we need something functionally that we don't have now. So you're always, always going to have to adjust the room after you live in it and see it for a while. But that's way better than starting from scratch, not to mention the money you save with a mood board. Because if you just buy a bunch of crap that you kind of like, but you have no idea if it looks good together, you're not going to use it all. And you are going to waste some of your money, which is rough. Do you do mood boards for fun? I feel like this is a leading question because you want to make me look weird, but yes. I, I do mood boards for fun. It's not a leading question, but we got, uh, what's the Sims 4 or one of the Sims? 
on my PS4, <laughs> and the only game Miley's ever played is in the my Sims. whole life. <laughs> well, on my on my PS4 was the uh, on anything The Sims, and she cheated. You're supposed to like gain money and stuff so you can make additions. She figured out how to cheat, so she just designed any house she wanted. I don't even keep The Sims alive. I'm honestly not even worried about their well being. Yeah, psychopath. <laughs> Fits right into the Halloween vibe, not worried about the Sims. But you guys, <laughs> mood boards are amazing. Like, we had family pictures this, oh my gosh, this time of year, fall sometimes, September, I don't know. And everyone always asks me about our family pictures. This is like one of my hidden life talents is picking outfits for family pictures. And everyone thinks it's some secret sauce or very expensive outfits. No, y'all, it's a mood board. I make mood boards. Before family pictures to make sure all of our outfits match. Yeah, I'll just, I'll come into her office and I'll just see. She'll be on her computer and there'll just be mood boards up on her, on her screens. So. I'll mood board anything. The, the question, the, the segue is to have people, because you're so good at that, because you've done it so much, you do actually offer mood board services to people. Totally. I do. I just did, um... One of my really good friends, Airbnb, shout out if you're listening, um, and it was so fun. I loved doing it, and this was kind of a fun one because she doesn't live in it, so I really got to, I had a lot of creative freedom, but it was fun because I know that person so well, and I got to design almost an extreme, fun, playful version of that person in an Airbnb, and it was a blast, an absolute blast. So if you do, you do sourcing services as well, which means that you'll... That comes with a mood board. So I'll give you basically a mood board, a vision board. It'll be one big screenshot with a compilation of all the items, colors, and everything, art that would be in your room. And I send it with an Excel document that has all of the prices as well as the links to all of the items. Going back real quick, before before we finish this up, I, I just thought of a question related to color. Because I think color is really important. So, uh, that's the arguably one. the most important thing. Are there tricks for people that maybe, I, some people have a natural eye. Like, you have a natural eye to be able to tell, like, okay, these colors are all part of the same palette. Is there a trick to get colors, if someone's struggling with that, they're like, I, I just don't see it, right? Like, some people don't. Is there a trick that they can use to be like, okay, all these colors are on the same palette, and I can make sure that any color I choose is on this palette? Totally. So there's three, honestly, there's three main things with color if you feel really insecure about colors. The first one is go get a palette or a swatch from, like, Sherwin-Williams, and they have color palettes compiled already. You can look at all of, all of their, like, color schemes or color wheels and they will give you one that has a wheel array of all the colors, but in shades that match to create a palette. And you can do that at any, like, major paint store. But I really like the ones Sherwin-Williams has, so I would suggest that. Um, the second thing I would say is a lot of times you'll hear things like warm colors, fall colors, cool colors, bright colors, pastels. If you can think of a word that describes the color palette that you like, that's always helpful when you are searching for colors. And the third thing, the most important thing, I actually just made a reel on this the other day, so this was a good timing, but screenshot all of your paint colors and put them all on a mood board. You will know. You will be able to tell if they don't look good together, if they're all sitting right next to each other on a mood board. One of the, thing that's, one of the things that is cool about this is I, I think 
the colors are one of the best ways for you to portray your style profile. Totally. So, Miley, every every color, now I, I, we're sitting here and she's like kind of expanded out a little bit, but in 90% of the rooms, it's always warm. Like that's, you're always drawn, not saying that you always do this, but you're always kind of drawn to warm colors. Even a, like a jewel tone color, a warmer, a jewel tone color for me is always the way that I'm going to go. And that's not always, I think the, the, the Airbnb you did was more, there were more bright colors, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know the person that this was for and it totally matches her. It was so fun. Yeah. And so this is a great way for you. And I think you're going to be drawn subconsciously. So Miley's a, a warm extroverted person and it makes sense that those colors are the ones that she's drawn to. Whereas I, I think of like the colors I'm drawn to and I would never pick any of the colors you do. Cause it's just not, I'm more drawn to like cool, like my favorite colors, purple, the blues, the greens, like mm-hmm. that's what I'm drawn to. And granted, I'm not designing rooms, but that would be a way for me to like portray my, my, uh, individuality. And yeah. so this is a cool venue for people to do that is to, to pick their colors, keep it in the same wheelhouse, whatever you call it, yeah. the same palette. And then you've got a cool way to, to up your style profile. I think that's the biggest part of your style profile. Color is so underrated. Paint is so underrated. It's so cheap. Everybody just wants an all white house with all white walls. And it can be really hard to design because of the power of color. Honestly, just painting a room and keeping everything the same instantly levels it up. So honestly, don't be afraid of it. Don't, you don't need to paint every single room in your house, but you should definitely add some personality to make it not feel like a spec home. And I'm glad that, and, and Nicole talked about this on our last podcast, that it, people are thinking, like a study or something was saying that it was, it's, people are getting away from the whites that was so prevalent in the 2010s because they were having to be in their house all the time with the pandemic and when you're just sitting in white rooms, like, that's horrible. There's no personality. There's no warmth. There's no color. There's no nothing. They're hard to design. If you feel like you have added all of these pieces and all this stuff and you just cannot put your finger on why it doesn't look the way you want, it's probably because you haven't painted anything on your canvas. And in some of the the, the new, most of the designers that I watch as part of, of doing all this, this prep and everything, the, the big colors are are in and i think it's awesome i think it's way better than the monotone monochrome like i get i get the appeal of it it was super clean especially at the time when it was coming in at the beginning of the 2010s it's a, it's a nice pop it was really cool it was really clean but that time's over like let's get the let's get the colors back popping let's get the individuality back in it and i think i think people will be happy i know and what i hear all the time and i do typically hear it from people that are like older than us because I, I do think this was a real thing then but I, I think it's changed is people are afraid to paint their house because of quote-unquote resale value that doesn't yeah that's zero like don't worry about paint people but like don't. that's not real you I guys don't, I don't believe that you know anyone could tell me that and I would not believe them I all. know but I'm saying people may like people listening may have people in their life telling them that it's not good for resale but hear me out. Would you buy a pretty house with blue walls or an ugly house with white walls? Yeah. Yeah, like, just do what you want to do. Painting's not hard. 
You're not um, painting the every room a neon rainbow, okay? We're not going wild. Even if you did, though, painting is not hard. Any new buyer is going to know. Yeah, you get what you get. You, you get what you get. Days. Yeah, you get what you get. It's not hard to paint. Do what you want, man. Just go for it. Make it your own. Do not live for the resale all the time. Like, a gallon of paint's 30 bucks. If it makes you happy, freaking paint it. So, um... Thank you, Miley, for joining me this evening on this. this <laughs> on your podcast. Yes, on, on our podcast. So like we said at the beginning, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we're, we've been blown away by how many people have cared. And any honestly, any listener is awesome. And Seriously, uh, we, we love you. Yeah, we did, Miley, I said that at the beginning of that, and I do. No, it's, we really appreciate you guys listening. Again, uh, rate, subscribe. Download our podcast, whatever. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is great. Um, and we love doing that. It's so fun for us. It is fun. And if, I've said this before, but if you have a podcast service that you like that we're not on, let me know and I'll throw it up there. We're on basically all the major ones, but I'm sure there's there's a billion podcast services. But if you want it on there, let me know. I'll throw it up. Um, like I said, we'll continue with this cadence. Uh, we'll throw up podcasts Sunday night late Sunday night, so they should be available Monday morning. We'll tease it on the, the Instagram. You should know everything. Follow us at my underscore brownhouse on Instagram. Thank you all for being here. We appreciate it. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.